to the Data Science Interview Prep Podcast. In this series, we go through topics that are commonly discussed in data science interviews, and we give a high-level overview on those subjects. So in today's episode, we're going to be doing another mock interview. And don't worry, we have heard your feedback from the previous episodes. So we'll be using a human interviewer this time. So as before, we will be using another voice acting as the interviewer and I will be acting as the interviewee. Okay, so let's get started and jump right into our mock interview. So let's start off with our first question, and I'm going to go ahead and let our interviewer take over. Can you describe the concept of a neural network? How does it work, and what are some applications? Yeah, so I would say a neural network is basically just some sort of mathematical computational model and it's inspired by the way our biological neural networks work in the human brain. Of course, it's a much simplified version, but the inspiration comes from the human biology. And really at the core of a neural network, we have what are known as neurons or nodes. And these neurons or nodes are organized into layers. So typically you have an input layer, uh, you would have maybe one or more hidden layers, and then you have an output layer. And each neuron in a layer is going to be connected to every neuron in the next layer. So these connections are also associated with some sort of weight, uh, which the network, the neural network adjusts during its training phase. So as you train the model, the weights are adjusted. And really the goal here is to modify and adjust these weights to minimize the difference between the actual output. So we have some sort of true labels and the predicted output. So what is that difference between the actual and the predicted? And what we want to do is minimize that difference. And we want to try to get our weights as close as possible to giving us the right answers in our outputs. And the way that we adjust the weights is usually through a process called backpropagation. Um, And yeah, I'd say that about summarizes my understanding of neural networks. Great. Um, Could you also elaborate on what is meant by gradient descent and why it's important in machine learning? Yeah, so gradient descent um, is something that we hear a lot about in machine learning. And gradient descent is really all about optimization. So it's an optimization algorithm. And what gradient descent does is that it minimizes some sort of function. And how it does that is um, it iteratively moves in the direction of uh, steepest descent. So by that, um, basically, we mean the negative of the gradient. And in machine learning, gradient descent is what we use to update the parameters of our model. Uh, So in the context of machine learning, this function is usually the loss function, which measures how well the algorithm is performing. And by minimizing this loss function, we can optimize or improve the algorithm's performance. And the quote unquote gradient in gradient descent um, is talking about the first derivative of the loss function, uh, which points again right to the direction of steepest ascent. And we subtract the gradient from the parameters because we want to go in the opposite direction. So we want to go towards the steepest descent to minimize the loss function. And that is roughly my understanding of gradient descent and why it's important in machine learning. Great. 
Uh, could you also explain the concept of overfitting and how it can be prevented? Yeah, so I would say overfitting is one of the most common problems in machine learning where a model basically memorizes the training data a bit too well. So it essentially captures the noise along with the underlying signal or pattern in the data. So when we overfit, we're also getting a bunch of noise that's confusing our model. So with the case of overfitting, it's going to typically perform exceptionally well on training data. It'll do really, really well on data that it has already seen, but it's going to fail to generalize to unseen data, which will result in poor performance on test data. So there's a lot of different ways to prevent overfitting, and some of them include regularization, which is a technique that adds a penalty term to the loss function. And by doing this, it encourages the model to have small weights, which would also result to a simpler or more generalized model. You can also do cross-validation where you're partitioning the data set into training set and validation set, and the model can be trained on one subset and then validated on another. And by doing this, you can ensure more that you have good generalization. Another technique is something known as early stopping. So with this method, we stop training before the model becomes too fit to the training data. And how we do this is usually by just monitoring the model's performance on a separate validation set. And and then um, one other approach I know of is that you can also increase the training data. So the more data you have, high quality data, of course, relevant data, um, the more data you have, it allows the model to learn from a more like larger variety of examples, which would reduce the chance of memorizing a small data set or a small training set. What is a random forest model and why is it advantageous? Yeah. Uh, so a random forest is an ensemble learning model, um, and it operates by constructing multiple decision trees during training. So yeah, an ensemble model is just when we're using multiple models. And in this case, with a random forest, we're doing multiple decision trees. And we use multiple decision trees during training, and uh, we output the majority vote of the individual trees for a classification problem. And in the case of a regression problem, we would just use the average of the individual trees for regression problems. And one of the main advantages of using random forest is that it reduces the risk of overfitting by averaging the results from multiple decision trees. And it also handles um, categorical and numerical features pretty well. It also deals with missing data by using the median values, and it also can provide feature importance scores, um, which can help us to understand which features are most impactful in the model. And that is just a high-level summary of my understanding of random forests. What is meant by imbalanced data in classification problems, and uh, how can it be dealt with? Okay, so... I think the question of imbalanced data comes up a lot when you're working with uh, data science, uh, especially if you're working in really any company, you are often, especially in finance, um, met with a lot of imbalanced data. So in classification problems, data is typically described as imbalanced when the classes are not represented equally. 
So let's say like we have some sort of fraud problem. We might have 95% of car transactions being non-fraudulent and 5% being fraudulent. So this would be imbalanced because the two classes, fraud and not fraud, are highly imbalanced. And imbalanced data can be really problematic because many machine learning algorithms are designed to maximize what is known as overall accuracy. And in this case, it can be really misleading to use accuracy when the classes are imbalanced. So an algorithm that's trained on imbalanced data, even with really high overall accuracy, might actually have very low predictive accuracy for the underrepresented class. So to deal with imbalanced data, there's a lot of things you can do. So one thing you can do is to resample the data set. So this could be either undersampling, um, which is basically removing some of the examples or samples from your majority class, oversampling or adding more examples from the minority class. Um, you can also use different performance metrics. So instead of using accuracy, which we just mentioned is problematic in the cases of imbalanced data, you can use metrics that give better insight into the accuracy of the minority class, like precision or recall F1 score or AUC ROC. And also with imbalanced data, you might want to choose a suitable algorithm. So some algorithms like decision trees and um, random forests are a bit less affected by class imbalance. So that about summarizes my understanding of imbalanced data and classification problems. Thanks so much for your time today and for going through this uh, data science interview with me. I felt like this was really fun and interesting and... Yeah, we hope that you all had fun listening to this conversation as well. So thank you for your time. Thank you. So thank you so much to all of our listeners. Again, if you want to support our growing channel, don't forget to subscribe or become a premium member on either our Spotify or our Patreon account. We would really appreciate the support. And with that being said, thanks again for tuning in to the Data Science Interview Prep Podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful and informative. Make sure to tune in next week where we will discuss other interesting topics in the field of data science. Until then, happy modeling! Mm -hmm.